Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and your week in sports cars. Well, Graham Goodwin, it's a usually a yeah, it's usually a listener Q and A show, but on occasion yep. we break ranks and just flap our gums between the two of us. And I was going to say this is the week in sports cars listener Q and A show, but that would be a lie, and we don't like to lie to our dear listeners. So this is a uh, can we just formally call these? A flappy gums episode. I think I think that's uh, that's sort of correct, isn't it? I mean, um, yeah, it's uh, we're kind of uh, spitballing this one, aren't we? Uh, mainly because at the moment, not about UMP, but I'm in the process of throwing what clothing I still uh, still have um, in the wardrobe into a what might be described as a sack uh, to throw that in the back of the car, throw three other people into that car, and hightail it out of here tomorrow. Question. The, the clothes you still have, have you been losing yes. clothes? This seems like All you the buried time. the lead. All the time. Once people realize that uh, I am that Graham Goodwin from this podcast, it gets crazy. Yeah. What can I say? People just ripping clothes off of, strangely though, socks. They love, they just take your <laughs> socks. I don't know why nothing else, but, uh, and also you said uh, a sack. Are we doing something like from a 1930s movie where, you place all of your belongings within a handkerchief, tie that to a, a stick yeah. over, over your shoulder, and you and what, Pedro and whom else will be, uh, Kilby, will you all be walking to Le Mans somehow, it's, swimming? It's it's basically like, you know, remember the Whittington brothers? Well, you remember Dick Whittington, he did exactly that. Uh, Dick Whittington, by the way, was not one of the guys who uh, came out and won Le Mans. He's a, a fabled figure of the, of the, of the past in English uh, English literature, um, but no, we'll be heading out in the DSC fun bus, aka my big Audi, and heading for uh, the tunnel. Um, and it'll be myself, Stephen Kilby, David Lord, our photographic editor, and with his first time at uh, the Le Mans Twenty Four Hours, arrives this morning uh, here in the UK for his first trip. DSC to dog. The UK. No, I wish I wish it was the case. DSC dog is not coming. He's not very happy. He knows I'm packing, so he's not been a very happy husky. Now, RJ O'Connell will be coming with us, and uh, a couple more of the guys will arrive on Monday. And uh, at that point, I will be uh, transferring from uh, DSC Central into the uh, Mont Twenty Four Hours TV Central uh, with our group there, and that uh, that group gets together. Uh, some of those arriving over the weekend. Uh, Martin Haven and I will be down at Scrutineering, as I know you will be. Uh, and then our additional faces and voices will be arriving. I can tell our listeners now uh, the additional faces and voices beyond the regular WC crew will be Jim Roller. We'll be back for. Wow. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, Peter Dumbreck will take time off from flying through the air in a Mercedes, and he'll be back with us. And a new addition. Uh, to the group and a first time for Guy Smith 2003 uh, Le Mans 24 Hours what? winner he'll be doing the road to Le Mans race he'll be doing the he'll be displaying the 2003 Bentley and in between times he might actually do some work well yeah I'm glad you said between times not end times because that would be oh. a very apocalyptic uh, view of the centenary yeah. at Le Mans uh, here uh well let's say a big thank you as always to Cooper Tires the Justice Brothers in TorontoMotorsports.com for supporting our fine show, even when it's a Flappy Gums episode. So Indeed. why don't we, for this 
fine you talk i talk and then we go away episode why don't we get into what the next couple of days will be like i'm sure the anoraks among our listeners already know every single thing that's on the schedule but we do have some race cars on track here actually not before the end of the week we start a new week when that happens on sunday but why don't we run through what's happening the next few days getting ready for the big event and then also a rule change or two and any other facts of interest uh, because you will also be educating my dim-witted self with some of this so i know i'm getting on a plane here in 28 hours something like that whatever it is um you'll be driving down soon but What's happening today, uh, starting with teams okay. loading into Circuit yeah. de la Sarth? Um, Team, teams are indeed loading in, and they're putting the last uh, finishing touches to the hospitality areas, so teams are loading in. So if you look all, uh, all around social media, you'll see teams and some of the early arrivals at the mom with pictures of uh, an array of beautiful cars and some fantastic liveries uh, we're going to see this weekend and beyond MP. First action for the race meeting comes on Friday. Uh, so Friday and Saturday with this revised timetable post-COVID for the Le Mans 24 hours. And I think it will stay like this. Uh, Friday and Saturday are when all the cars and all of the drivers, that's uh, that's 62 cars and 186 drivers, uh, will have to um, turn up publicly, uh, middle of the Le Mans city centre, the Place de la Republique, um, where they are scrutineered uh, in the open uh, in front of a quite often very large crowd. Uh, there's quite a show made for that. Uh, there's a bit of a stage show where each of the drivers is interviewed by Bruno van der Stick, the fabled Le Mans uh, announcer. Uh, and all the cars would be people's first opportunity to, to see all the cars in the one place, albeit over uh, a two-day period. It'll be our first chance to see some of the new liveries. And, uh, for instance, the Rexy livery is uh, heading to Le Mans from AO Racing. And um, Gunnar Jeanette and PJ Hyatt are bringing their dinosaur livery to the 911 RSR, and that's caused some excitement. So that's what's going to be the first two days. Sunday is then uh, – it is – well, it's both race day for the first time, and it is the test day. So two – Pretty long, I think it's two four-hour test day sessions where all of the cars and most of the drivers we expect to be out on track for that. The one race we'll see, um, and for reasons I'll explain in a moment, MP, is we're going to have the one uh, Ligier European Series race will uh, take place between the two sessions for uh, the Le Mans cars. So there'll be, I think, a pre um, Le Mans session for practicing qualifying for those cars. These are the little Ligier uh, prototypes and Ligier GT cars that uh, support the European Le Mans series, but they will be on track on Sunday. So if you're trackside, you will get to see some racing as well as some new cars. And um, uh, very exciting is too uh, to see some of these cars for the first time at Le Mans. I, Monday, s- Tuesday. I was so hoping you were going to say nothing but vintage Ligier Formula One cars. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? But we're not going to be short of vintage race cars, MP, as as you're probably aware. From the 1st of June, so from Friday, uh, sorry, from tomorrow, rather, the new exhibition opens, uh, will be on until, uh, I think, the end of July at the Le Mans Museum. They have built a new 
uh, annex for this. And this is, if I remember correctly, I think it's 85 or 86 significant cars from the Le Mans 24 hours history. That is 65 cars that have won the race overall will be on display. And a number of those will run uh, on the Saturday of race week. Beyond that, 20 other cars that have got significance, the history, the technology that uh, that has come through the, the race, the, the, the giant leaps forward, if you like. So if you're in and around Le Mans and, and you get yourself – I would think a couple of three hours you'll need for that one. That is well worth a look. Um, first track action at Le Mans beyond test day, Wednesday, uh, where we'll get into practice and qualifying for the support races. And then in the evening, we'll have the first practice and qualifying for Le Mans. So the support races this year, by the way, uh, there is a Ferrari challenge race, which I think I'm right, 78 cars on the list for that. So 78 Ferrari 488s. And I'll take bets now as to how many of those finish the weekend. Uh, There's also also a Porsche race that I try to... It's the Porsche challenge. It's the French all gentleman uh, series which has porsche cup cars and porsche gt3s uh, in that race and i think there's a one or two familiar names will be in that one as well I, and then of course there's i sorry? was told by 2022 indianapolis 500 winner marcus erickson yes. that his brother will oh, be wow. competing in the porker uh wow. race so uh i i was told to go by and say hello and introduce myself well, so there you go. I will try so and do that. Go. There's, there, there's always, you dig deep into these uh, trillists. There's always a story or nine or ten. The the other one, the one that um, I'm particularly interested in, mainly because I'll be commentating on it, um, is the Road to Le Mans races, and two 50-minute races as opposed to our normal uh, hour and 50 minutes that, for the support for the LMS. And it is a big grid of LMP3 and GT3 cars uh, for that with, again, some familiar names in amongst it, including, as I've just mentioned, my commentary uh, partner, uh, Guy Smith, will be out there in the United Autosports car uh, in in that race. Uh, then we get into uh, track action for the Le Mans cars um, on Wednesday and Thursday, with, of course, Hyperpole coming, uh, this, this new format for the Le Mans 24 hours, which is the six quickest cars, from earlier qualifying in each class will go out with a relatively clear lap and we should see some properly quick laps of these cars this year. It includes, of course, in qualifying but not hyperpole, a car we are all keen to see and keener still to hear. And that is the Garage 56 NASCAR uh, with Mike Rockefeller, Jimmy Johnson, Rocky, of course, at Le Mans and, uh, and Jensen Button aboard that car that i think is going to be a real fan favorite mp so that's what happens until friday friday is principally put aside for uh the celebration of the centenary uh, it means of course we've got the driver's parade uh, in the city um i should say by the way i'm trying to remember whether or not it's part of the driver's parade or part of scrutineering but several of the cars will drive on public roads back to the circuit 
I must check that. That's one to check. But several of the cars uh, will drive back to the circuit along the public roads. Uh, you know, the same public roads, by the way, that used to be part of the Le Mans circuit back in the day. On the Friday, it's the opportunity for anybody that's there and trackside to walk and cycle the full circuit. It's not often you can do that. Uh, of course, plenty of it is still public roads, but plenty of it isn't. So that's the opportunity to do that. There is an astonishing live auction uh, on the grid at Le Mans. Initially billed as 24 significant cars uh, that have competed at Le Mans. It turns out it's 22, but it includes MP. Mark Blundell's 1990 pole-setting Nissan. Crazy. It's the pole-setting Lancia LC2. The very final GT1 winner at Le Mans, the very last uh, Celine S7R built, uh, is going to be there. One of the uh, X-Factory um, Vipers is going to be on that list, uh, as indeed is the Jaguar XJ220C, which was famously disqualified from the GT win. Winning, uh, in losing, 1993. Yes. Indeed. So lots and lots of really got cool. The 1965 Ferrari 250 uh, safety car is up for sale there. Um, as well as some astonishing kit, uh, but going way back to the 50s and coming up into the noughties. Uh, and the final two things, by the way, it's 22 cars and two of the finest bits of memorabilia um, you might ever expect to see. One of them is the 1965 race starting French tricolor. I've put a bit in 50 quid. I think I'll get close, but somehow I don't think I'm going to be taking that home. The other one, and actually I've seen this one uh, up close. It was at the Hertz Team Jota pre Le Mans launch, um, Henry Pierman. Uh, what a lovely, lovely man he is. And Stephen Kilby, by the way, be bringing you some content about a visit to Henry's place with uh, with Derek Bell last week um, and something spectacular coming in that direction. But what, what amongst the things he's selling, which, by the way, include the only ever Porsche Factory 962, um, the Rothmans car ever to be put up for public sale, that car is in that grid. Alongside that, are some Rothmans uh, overalls from guess who, Jackie X, and they're going to be up for sale as well. So get an opportunity to to sit in the sunshine with an adult beverage and watch people spending a huge amount of money. You'll also get the opportunity for a number of the cars from that museum a display to come onto the grid. I don't think they're running on Friday. That happens Saturday morning. Um, and then, of course, on Saturday, we do have uh, a support race on Saturday, uh, but we've then got the start of the centenary edition of the Le Mans 24 Hours. It is not the centenary this weekend. That happened on the 26th of May, but it is the 100th anniversary of the first um, first 24 Hours of Le Mans. And MP, you were at the 100th Indy 500. I had half an opportunity to go, and I've always regretted not going. Amazing. You know, you'll be one of relatively few people that would have been at both those events. I hadn't, I think, I hadn't put that together. Yeah. yeah wow. Well, I, I mean, for I, the 100th anniversary, so was that the centenary in 2011, won by uh, uh, the late Dan Weldon, and then also was. at the uh, 100th edition, 
won by fellow Californian Alexander Rossi in 2016. Yeah, jeez, I hadn't put that together. But, but there you go. We've got another one, by the way, next year that uh, often missed in this is it will be the centenary of the Spa 24 hours next year, would you believe? Uh, 1924 was the first holding of that. Doesn't have quite the storied past of the Le Mans event, but nonetheless, um, you know, an amazing event. And we get into that, 62 cars, beating the bejeebas out of each other. And as you quite rightly said, MP, a very different look to the race this year. Three classes, well, sort of three and a half, and I'll come to that in a moment. Um, Hashtag bejeebers, by the way. (laughs) That might be a first Uh, entry (laughs) after five or however many years of doing this show. This is the first time you've (laughs) blessed us with hashtag bejeebers. (laughs) And I'm not totally sure how to spell it, but I hope I remember to use it when we uh, put out the show on the tweeters. Tweeters and bejeebers. So amazing, um, good one. Never I, change. I'm trying to. I think this is my 28th Le Mans this year. I, other than the first time, which is always special, and one or two races in between. I can't remember the last time I was looking forward to the race as much as I am, because there's so many unknowns here. Uh, the top class entry is epic. 16 cars, fantastic. Um, 24 LMP2s. That one always doles out the entertainment. 22 in GTE, the final year, of course, for these fabulous GTE cars. Pro-Am only, of course. GT Pro bowed out last year and the, the NASCAR. The half class, by the way, is LMP2 Pro-Am. And that is the effectively a subclass, no longer exists in the WEC, does exist in its own right as a class in the European Le Mans series. You have to have a bronze driver in the lineup for that. And that's where can we, when we talk can we break a little news bit about here this. Ben Keating is driving in every single class, all the plus races. all the support races, Liger, Porsche, yep. Mission Le Mans Cup, yep. um, all the- Vintage, right? He's oh, yeah. going to be in, yep. right? He'll also be doing tours in the museum. Going to be the busiest man in Le Mans. Uh, hey, hey, tell you what, we don't often do this, but just to show our listeners are, uh, listeners are indeed listening, I'm doing a bit of a number crunching exercise for DSC and for the TV um, broadcast. And looking at who are the most experienced crews, okay, in this uh, in this lineup, there are multiple crews in this race that when you add the drivers' previous uh, exploits at the moment, have more than twenty between them. There is no crew that has more than thirty, but there is one crew that has more than forty. One crew out of that 62, has very significantly more Le Mans experience than any other. So on the on a hashtag twist, um, and if, by the way, if you are going to be at Le Mans and you get this question right, reach out on Twitter when you've listened to this one and we'll find a way for you to hook up with either MP, myself or both, and I'll be bringing a, a bag full of stickers uh, to... So I want to know who is the most experienced crew at the 24 Hours of Le Mans this year. It is, I can tell you, I believe, prior to this year, 44 Le Mans starts between the three drivers. That's phenomenal. I will be bringing stickers and buttons as well just to give out to folks and to you to give out as well. We have a pretty decent stockpile. Um, And so, yeah, we have things to give you other than a, just sounds of our faces. So, yeah, if you do spot us, 
I know I'll be the easier one because I have more <laughs> mass to spot and a little bit more height, but that's okay. Um, holler, say something really mean and caustic. If it's just hi, like, yeah, come on. Uh, call me a fat ass. Call me an idiot. Hey, moron. I will turn around if you yell that. I guarantee I've been doing it my whole life. Uh, but yes, look forward to that uh, without a... Say hello. Please say hello. I mean, you know, um, you know, it, 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 there are going to be an awful lot of big stars, big stars uh, beyond the racing drivers at Le Mans this year. I found out another one, which I can't talk about yet, uh, just yesterday. Well, I mean, there are going to be mega stars around doing all sorts of stuff. Um, and there's one star from the world of music that I was told is going to be at the race yesterday. You know, it was kind of a wow moment. Wow. Um, so See, I, just said, wow. I think you're going to, I think, yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of that, a lot of uh, glitz and glamour. We're not at that level. We're several rungs down the ladder, but if you do see us, unless I'm really, really obviously busy, come and say hello. Yeah. We, we do love to say hello. Um, and it is a busy week, but there's always two minutes to say hi and swap a couple of, you know, uh, a couple of uh, details of exploits, etc. But I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing, MP. I'm what? there for DSC for two or three days, then on TV duty throughout. What are you going to be doing? Because it's been a while since we saw you at Le Mans. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just I bought a ticket and I figured I'd show up and kind of wing it from there. Um, I, when I say I don't know, that's not completely true, but there is some truthiness to it. I will be there. I will be attending uh, thanks to and with the intent of covering the Garage 56. And I need Ooh. to try and remember my French so I can actually say that in proper uh, French. But uh, I will be there thanks to our friends at IMSA in Garage 56. We'll be covering that, I think, for them through their social media outlets and whatnot. So I think I'll be doing, we have a call later today to figure that out, but uh, I think I'll be doing some daily videos, maybe one or two videos a day with them, bringing you inside, showing you stuff, walking around with some of the drivers, doing some fun things and just trying to celebrate this very unique, probably last uh of its kind not the first obviously we know that uh back in 1976 that nascar sent a couple cars over worked with a couple teams to make that happen um but i don't know if we're going to see this happen again so this might indeed be the last nascar aco wec imsa collaboration to do such a thing so meant to celebrate that do some fun stuff while there also i imagine we will do some form of mp and gg videos oh, yeah. likely for racer um i've heard nothing from them about what they want but um i'm going there primarily for garage 56 you know i always find other things to create while there i would imagine we'll do at least one podcast my racing family co-host chris wheeler uh, i heard was he's just, coming yes was just added to the cadillac racing also known as chip ganassi racing roster since he is under their employ on the indycar side okay. um so i'm sure we will do some live 
Twitter spaces, which again, your schedule's pretty crazy, but if we can rope you into that, we will. So we'll be doing some of that and taking some photographs, trying to make some videos. Uh, you helped connect me with a hypercar team today mm. and of course bonded with them. They were kind to offer some interviews with their drivers, which I'm certainly not against, but uh, my response, which hasn't been responded to said, that's awesome. And we can do that. Can we also look at something that every other person won't be doing? And how about uh, look at, I don't know, the energy recovery system or something unique there Ooh. on your car and um, hope to hear back in the affirmative. We'll not be surprised if they say no, but the good thing, Graham, about owning cameras that take photos, cameras that record videos mm. and having lenses ranging from eight millimeters to 500 millimeters and a tripod, um, I can go onto pit lane and find some creative angles to capture things like the worst thing a team or manufacturer can do is say no. And I don't mean worst in any real manner, but like telling me no just makes me go, okay, okay. I will find it. I'll find a way on my own. And uh, then <laughs> it would actually be easier if you say yes, because then the scope is somewhat controlled to the specific thing. But when you say no, that's what I'm like. Oh, well, then let's show other things. Um, and then you get the grumpy, why did you do this? And you go, well, because you told me no. So I had to uh, turn it into a yes, but on my own. So, but anyways, um, so I'll be doing that. And I'll be there for, I think, 12 days. Uh, yeah, so this is going to end up being, I think, the longest extended stretch of travel in my journalistic career. Um, wow coming off of 18 days in Indianapolis. I'm home for a little more, just a little over 48 hours. Head out Thursday from San Francisco to Charles de Gaulle Airport. There for 12, home for two, then leave again for the fine American state and producers of cheese and delightful beers, that being Wisconsin for mm -hmm. Road America IndyCar. And then we take a little bit of time off. My wife's birthday is coming up towards the end of June. And yeah, I think after whatever that is, a month and a quarter of more or less constant travel, uh, I'm going to turn my brain off. So that's what I have coming up here. Uh, why don't we get back, since we don't have a whole lot of time left for this episode, our Flappy Gum special. Um, I should note, and I want your confirmation on this, I do believe for the first time in many, many years, mm -hmm. among all the safety briefings at Le Mans, mm -hmm. we will not have one on the risk of bear attacks. No, tragic. I mean, so tragically, with with the, the lack of not just Paul Dallana, but um, controversially, and its uh, con controversy seems to be uh, raining in both directions, if we can put it that way, around Jacques Villeneuve. Jacques Villeneuve binned off from uh, the hashtag van wall efforts of Colin, um, hashtag by Collis. Jacques Villeneuve, uh, yes. Uh, yes, indeed. So Jacques putting out a statement today saying, um, I was never communicated with officially about this. Uh, I've just read uh, a press room colleague Gary Watkins' piece saying that he's now been sent an email uh, from Colin Collis, lovely man, um, that don't, uh, don't, shows don't shows us, that he did tell him. Don't uh, get us killed, 
please. No, 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 no. no I have never. a I have a strict anti death policy when it comes to myself. Good. You so somewhat. So so here's the thing. I mean, so it, I mean, huge controversy um, around. Did they? Didn't they? Who made the decision? Who didn't make the decision? Who told who? Who didn't tell who? And it all comes down to one searing um, certainty here, MP, is that I don't give a toss. Give a fart. Yes, no farts no. given. He, no. Jacques, was seemed, I can't speak for the man because I'm not the no. man, but seemed surprisingly disinterested based on on track Yep. lap times with yep. that car we are also not claiming that that vehicle was ready to take the fight to ferraris and porsches and yeah, whatnot yeah but there's yeah. still an element of you're here and even if the car is pick a number one tenth yeah. or one hour behind the others on lap time there's still an expectation that you're going to give it a proper go decent go and yeah. i don't know if we witness good old jock has um plugged it, into that commitment at all times uh, so I, I don't i mean the reality is look um joking aside and i'm not absolutely joking i genuinely don't give a toss um the reality here is he's a driver with heritage that deserves respect you are absolutely right he was nowhere close in terms of pace um, the car's been nowhere close in terms of pace, despite the best efforts, in particular Tom Dillman. And if Tom's not someone you're aware of, Tom is a driver of some quality. Um, him fast. Him fast, he is. A nice nice lad as well. Um, but I, there's 61 other cars I can get excited about, to be honest with you. It's a straight on stance. I'm afraid that is the way I look at it. Um, it's No tosses given. Says Graham. Well, I, I think the, the honest answer is, for a variety of reasons, um, uh, 2024 can't come quickly enough, you know, where there's going to be an even deeper field uh, for that effort to be underwhelming in. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see how things go. We might so have that, just dedicated more time ever than anyone on this. And for that, yeah. I thank you. Um, Fair enough. I'm going Can I talk to, about the rules. Can yes, talk about the rules? Graham Goodwin. Please make me smarter <laughs> in my in my head. Movies make my brain smarter about some real changes. One that I find, I think, pretty awesome. But also yep. you, because you are a man of of deep thought and introspection. You might have found a wee boo boo. But a bit of one. So, I mean, the the main one, I think it's what uh, it's one that a lot of our listeners were aware of is there is a change the safety car rule uh, this year at Le Mans. So, uh, the best way to explain it is how it's going to work, rather than compare and contrast with what came before, because what came before doesn't really matter. So, what's going to happen is, uh, as before, three safety cars will be scrambled. They are cited at three key points around the circuit. They will pick up the field in whatever order that happens to be. Okay? Um, so the field will uh, be controlled under three safety cars. That is going to happen in any circumstance in which Eduardo Freitas and Race Control determine that they need uh, space that won't be coverable either by full course yellow or by the slow zone procedure, both of which continue, by the way, 
um, that if they feel they need to, to scramble the safety cars, that's what will happen. Once that incident has been cleared, or if there is room to do so safely, those three safety car uh, trains will merge. So there'll be you know a little bit of speeding up, a little bit of slowing down. They'll come together and merge behind a single safety car. So the entire, we hope, 62-car field, although if there's an incident, it's likely to be at least 61, um, will be in one train. There's then going to be a process where after the merge, we get to the stage of wave-by. So wave-by uh, will happen where if you are ahead of your class leader in that train, okay, uh, or rather you know, if your class leader is behind you in that train, you will effectively get most of that lap back. And that's not quite as dramatic as it sounds if you think about the fact we've had three safety cars. This is obviously then the point at which um, the leader will cycle to the front of that queue. And then we're going to get the final uh, part of this, which is that the uh, LMP2 cars will, on instruction from, once the field is merged again, uh, on instruction from race control, will pull to the right and drop back behind the remaining cars, the hypercars and the GTE cars. Once that is complete, and to the satisfaction of race control, the same thing will be repeated with the GTM cars. So what you'll end up with is a single train of cars headed by the hypercars uh, with the LMP2 cars second and the GTEM cars third. And that's all being done to try to help uh, prevent the safety cars breeding safety cars in other words put cars together that are broadly in the same kind of pace rather than putting quicker cars behind slower cars in batches where we have seen uh, multiple occasions at Le Mans uh, carnage uh, happen the bit that I've, I've realized is slightly um can i raise one quick question here graham of course uh but before we get to your sleuthery yes I do find it curious on the, if I understand correctly, the choice of dispatching what I'm guessing, well, actually, maybe I don't fully understand this as well. So we have something happen on track that yes. warrants going to a full course caution, three yep. pace cars uh, dispatched from their, their respective holding places throughout the eight and a half mile, whatever, 13 point, whatever kilometer circuit. Do we know which one goes first? Do we know, is it just they automatically go out and whomever is there uh, is, is who falls behind and then they start the practice of trying to sort who's it's, where and what class compared yeah, it's to? It's safety, safety, safety car A, B, and C designated. And there are also some control lines on the circuit which will be fully explained to all the competitors at drivers and team managers briefings so there's various parts of this regulation it's a lot more complex than making it it's complicated enough just with that but there's a lot more nuance and complexity involved in the the bits and pieces that surround this but yeah there is safety it will it will form up behind safety car a which i'm pretty certain is the one that is scrambled from bit lane yeah uh, that's what i would i would think yeah no, knowing what we've seen for many years and also seeing how there uh, are might be some limitations to that um you know one thing that stood out to me was if you're going to make some procedural changes that would seemingly open the option yep. to do 
more or expand it wider but of the things that just stood out in terms of hmm uh why not have that pit lane uh safety car a control car a uh wait for the overall leader if we're going to try and sort things having jumbles uh across all behind all three uh safety cars and then trying to order those just part of my brain said well if we're going to shuffle things why not have uh control car a pick up the overall leader do we have control b try and uh wait for the leading car in lmp2 and do we have three try and pick up uh the leading gt car and try and expedite the ordering by saying okay all hypercars your a all p2s your b and all gt cars your c compared to, again i realize that's not how it's been done i'm just thinking yep. if we're trying to find order you could go super uh, organized or it just seems like this might take a little longer or no it'd be, i don't know it'd be it'd be interesting wouldn't it i think that the problem is that's allowing the cars to organize themselves without the control of a safety car whereas here what you've got is a single line of cars yep. that is organizing itself you know under instruction observance from the safety car uh, operator and advisor and of course race control with their vast you know uh, battalions of cameras so i get it um, I think, by the way, we're going to get an opportunity to see this in action. It's inconceivable to me that we won't sit at test day. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, they will want to test this. They did actually test it uh, at the European Le Mans series, um, the opening round uh, at Barcelona. We did have uh, teams asked to conduct a trial with this. I know there were some lessons learned from that, a number of things that didn't go well. Uh, that I believe has been tweaked, but we expect to see this. In terms of the the the, the other uh, chink in the armor, you know, I, I think there's a million and one ways you could do it. They've chosen to do it this way. They will now stand or fall by that decision. The bit that doesn't quite chime with this is there's been absolutely no accommodation made for LMP2 Pro Am with this. So LMP2 Pro Am is effectively regarded here as just being part of LMP2 for the purposes of this process. And that might end up being a little bit difficult for uh, some of the crews that might be hoping to have done better after this process. So that is one to watch. Always a confusing time when a race goes into um, a caution period. Uh, it will be, by the way, the, the same things as normal, which is uh, pit lane will be open with the cars under safety car because, of course, it's such a long uh, track that chances are if you're coming by pit lane more often coming by pit lane, you'll need fuel than otherwise. But you'll then, before the merge, have to wait for the next safety car to come through. Uh, so the pit lane will be open. The pit exit will be closed unless and until a, pit, uh, a safety car is coming by, and at that point you'll be released to join that queue. When the merge has taken place, pit lane entry will be closed. And if you pit at that point, if you're forced to pit at that point, um, then that's going to be slightly more difficult, in fact, significantly more difficult, because you will have to wait until the safety car passes again. In other words, you will lose a lap. So here's the point. If you need to pit, better do it before the merge. 
uh, because otherwise there's going to be a very significant penalty coming your way. Such an interesting difference, Graham. And obviously there's no reason for there to be any safety car similarities between the Indianapolis 500, which tends to be three to three and a half hours in length, all yep. single make cars, no class, separate, no class, uh, separate classes and the 24 hours of Le Mans. Did, Just, did, did I hear you say the Indy 500 has no class? Absolutely. That's that's. I've just, I've got a minute. That's right. I'm Roger, there. Roger, Isn't Roger's that a on bit line? on the nose and obvious? That uh, <laughs> so again, I'm not saying that there should be any commonalities in how they handle things, but again, it's just one of those things you go, oh, okay, interesting. Let's see how they do things there. Yep. And you know, uh, IMSA obviously does things in a very different way. Um, I'm not saying the Americanized version of uh, safety car intervention should be uh, carried over to. Uh, this obvious one of the two greatest races in the world just i'm always of the mindset that hey if you're going to make changes do you do minor tweaks do you do radical mm -hmm. shifts in approach so not a crazy radical one uh but one that we know every year we leave le mans saying safety car and how the the full course procedures are implemented usually affects the outcome of at least one class in some Correct. way. Someone's bemoaning something because a crash happened, full course caution, they got caught behind safety car B or C or whatever, and that ruined their race. And more often than not, we're in agreement, but sometimes it's always just folks whinging. I, I think the answer is, I think we should be grateful for the fact they're looking to try something different. And I'm not going to criticize them for that. You know, we, we are professional constructive i hope critics when things go wrong but the reality here is they've listened to things that have gone wrong in the past they're looking to put this in to try to stop some of those things happening but you know what isn't isn't always the case life will find a way of finding something new to go wrong without a shadow of a doubt and of course at the biggest events it's always there isn't it uh, but I, I think we can afford to get let this breathe um you know, there's a lot of new to, for people to get used to. The biggest thing that's new we've got to get used to is a very large top class, and that's a really good thing. And, you know, it's it it's delightful to see, to read, to hear the enthusiasm of so many people that have been sports car fans for a long time, that maybe are coming back to sports cars or finding sports cars for the first time, really getting excited about the depth and the variety. And, you know, Look, we expect it's going to take a while to bed in with new cars uh, coming along, you know, with uh, cars trying to get to grips with uh, what's going on with, you know, Toyota and how deeply embedded they've been in endurance racing. And it begs the question, MP, by the way, this is the other big piece of endurance racing news of the last week is what about the future for Toyota? I don't know if you caught up because I know you were very busy with Indy, but some significant news coming out of of all places fuji for the 24 hours where none other than pierre fion was there um at the fuji 24 hours in a press conference with akia toyoda who will be the spirit of lamona award yeah. winner this year um so i just yes i apologize it wasn't akia toyoda he wasn't there it was the new ceo of toyota motor corporation so Pierre Fion and Richard Meal, who is the president of the FI Insurance Commission, confirming that not only will the new regulations now looking like 2026 
encompass hydrogen fuel cell technology, and there still appears to be the potential for Hyundai um, to be early takers for that. But they will also now embrace the principle of hydrogen combustion. And that's something that CEO of of, uh, Toyota Motor Corporation all but confirmed that Toyota want to do that. And there's a second story doing the rounds that uh, there is a wish by 2030 that the whole top class will be hydrogen-fueled, either hydrogen combustion or hydrogen fuel cell. That's an incredibly ambitious uh, aim, and I'm sure Pierre Fion will have plenty of questions pitched his way on that front. For now, though, we get to look forward to the fact there's something else new on the horizon, look forward to the fact that we've got a fantastic field of 62 cars, of which a goodly proportion are in the top class, and look forward to the fact that there's more to come with at least one and possibly two new hypercars being unveiled at the Le Mans 24 hours, plus a new GT3 car. Confirmed already, we will see the Alpine. Uh, unveiled at the Le Mans 24 Hours. Confirmed already, we will see the GT3 Ford Mustang uh, unveiled at the Le Mans 24 Hours. And with a late decision from Lamborghini um, to respect the fact that, uh, as anybody following racing, uh, wider than just sports car racing and the travails and the tribulations of uh, the Formula One paddock at uh, Imola with the flooding in that region, that caused Lamborghini to cancel their planned unveiling of their um, LMDH spec hypercar slash GTP. And will we see perhaps that car uh, shown at Le Mans? It's possible, no confirmation, but it's possible we may see uh, pictures at least of that car um, being revealed to a, to a waiting world because they are the two new cars for uh, next year that we've not so far seen, the Alpine and the Lamborghini. I think, Graham Goodwin, we should say thank you to our listeners. Thank you to the Justice Brothers. Thank you to TorontoMotorsports.com. And thank you as well to Cooper Tires. And have you bid farewell to this episode and uh, get us started on the journey there. And we can save one of the other big pieces of news that we will, I don't know if we're going to reveal it before the race, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the fact that you will have a crew waiting for your arrival in the Audi DSC mega fun bus to wrap it as Rexy. Uh, And also I know that you have a plan somewhere around two or 3 AM Sunday morning during the race, whenever the the next safety car intervention happens, you're going to uh, try and pull out on track with that as the fourth as D so I, I, amazing i think we should go for that i think the other thing that we're all looking forward to and by the way i'm going to put a bounty on it right now i look forward to seeing what ridiculous hire car you turn up in uh now, yeah i don't know what it gonna, is but if it's I, not a if it's not a bright yellow renault twingo or fiat 500 i'm going to be grossly disappointed i there's one time where i have rented had a rental a hire car i should say for Le Mans. And it was actually my first trip. And all I can tell you is that I looked like a grizzly bear riding a tricycle at the circus. Um, it was one of the most comical things. Like, bounty if on I, pictures, listeners, bounty on pictures. If they gave me two, 
I could have laced them up and worn them as shoes. Um, I mean, yeah. So uh, we will see if what I'm given fits that cramming uh, 10 gallons into a five gallon cowboy hat. And, uh, uh-huh. and what would be even funnier since I, again, I truly have no idea what's waiting for me once I get to the uh, higher car counter, knowing that I'll be there uh, by and large to uh, support and produce content in relation to a Chevrolet Camaro ZL1 NASCAR cup car converted to garage 56 ACO Le Mans spec. If they hand me keys to a Ford, um, <laughs> that just that it might be, might be the funniest thing. So uh, yes, humor awaits. Um, I'm wondering if I should bring graphics of my own uh, just to do the thing up terribly. How's this bounty? on any listeners who apply humorous graphics to my higher car without my knowledge. (laughs) If I come out and find uh, Jacques Villeneuve, you know, uh, name on the side, you know, Villeneuve's higher car, um, something like that, Colin Collis's chauffeur, something. Uh, I realize I'm going to have to peel all those things off and hopefully not take the paint off while doing that before I return it. But you expect paint there's a, yeah, you'll get extra stickers and buttons and Lord knows what, if you can a spot me in my rental car and B leave it in a slightly altered stickers, no pens, no paint, right? Something I can remove. Uh, I don't want to have to explain to Jim, Mr. France, uh, chairman of NASCAR, why there was a $20,000 charge because they said this thing's a write-off because those stupid uh, people Pruitt said could do such things. But yeah, uh, I love the challenge. And sadly, like, you're probably going to be the guy to do it. But Almost certainly. Uh, that's a, uh, we'll, we'll get a crew on that right now. For now, though, if you are coming down to Le Mans, come and say hello, enjoy yourselves, drive safely, fly safely and enjoy what I believe is going to be one of the greatest race meetings the world has ever seen. I can't wait. If you can't make it, listen in and look in to the material that Marshall, myself, and many, many others will be doing to try to improve people's enjoyment of this great event, and we hope we can entertain and inform. Whatever you're doing, however you're doing it, enjoy the 24 hours of Le Mans. We will most certainly be bringing you more Uh, material from the scrutineering sessions and beyond Uh, for now i've been graham goodwin he has been marshall perrett this has been the week in sports cars part of the marshall perrett podcast and we will see you maybe even later this week